Okay, we're continuing now chapter two. <clears throat> if you remember, we left off with a question. And if you hadn't asked it, I would have, but it organically came up in our discussion, which was, if it is true that every Jew possesses this inner identity, which is godly, then how is it that we see so many different levels and different kinds of Jews as far as their discernibly what, what appears to be their spiritual capacity? In other words, why isn't there just one uh, spiritual level which is exhibited by all Jews uniformly? <clears throat> so we're going to get to that question, but before we do, we have to settle one other thing. So... Just remember, that's where we're going to get back to. It should probably take us about five minutes, but we have a, another point that is on the table. It has to be dealt with. If you recall, last week we were speaking about the idea of this godly soul being one with God. We used a couple of metaphors or allegories. One was about breath, how breath comes from deep within the person. So Hashem's breath is the godly soul, which comes from deep within him. The other metaphor or allegory we used was that of a father and a child, the biological reproduction that the, uh, we said that the brain of the father becomes the seminal drop, which then builds the entire child. And we spoke a little bit, I'm not going to do this again in going through the, going through the, the biology of it, <clears throat> but we have an issue right now to address which is that we basically said that if the Jewish people, meaning the souls, come from the level of Hashem's chokhmah, Hashem's wisdom, then that means that it's synonymous with Hashem himself. Well, that needs to be addressed because without getting into a whole long background discussion, this is actually the subject of a heated debate between the Rambam and the Maral. No, they were not contemporaneous to each other, but Jewish debates are like that. Sometimes they can transcend the centuries. So the Rambam says that Hashem and his wisdom are one. <clears throat> the Maral says you cannot say about Hashem that he and any attribute are one because Hashem transcends attributes. That's why it's called HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kaddish means Muvdal, transcendent, separate, aloof from all attributes. So let's just deal with that really quickly. Um, yeah, where do we get up to? We said that, I believe. Like the Rambam says that Hashem is not like us, where <clears throat> there are three components to any acquisition of knowledge. There is the knower, the knowledge itself, and the known. But with Hashem, it's all happening internally. He is the knower, the knowledge, and the known. This is not a concept that we could wrap our heads around. There's no analog in human experience. Like it says, If you probe Hashem, will you find? 
meaning you think you'll get to the bottom of this intellectually, you won't because it's a it's a concept that's beyond us. Uksiv and it says kiloi sai Hashem says my thoughts are not like your thoughts, meaning not just he has different thoughts, but they are categorically a different kind of thinking. Okay. The <coughs> heidulei here's the <coughs> here's the uh, the reconciliation of the debate. The heidulei chachmeha kabbala. The Kabbalists agree with this position that we just said, that we just cited in the name of the Rambam, that Hashem and His wisdom are one. The Alter Rebbe quotes the Ramak, one of the chief Tzvas Kabbalists. And also, according to the Ari, who's the other chief Tzvas Kabbalist and says things a little bit differently than the Ramak, but the Alter Rebbe says, not only according to the Ramak, but we got you, both the Ramak and the Arizal. Yitzhiva Milsa, the matter stands. <clears throat> it can be corroborated by Kabbalah. How so? How do we explain that Hashem, who is transcendent of all descriptions, can be said to be synonymous with one of his qualities, namely his Chochmah, his wisdom? Besaid his slavshus erains of when the infinite is invested within the vessels of Chochmah bin Adas, the intellectual faculties of the world of Atzilos. In other words, in what we call Seder Ishtalshlus. Seder Ishtalshlus means the orderly progression of world building, where Hashem creates finite planes of reality, and the first of them is the most flimsy, I mean that in a good way, only in the best possible way. Flimsy meaning it's not such a crass, coarse creation. It's more transparent. It's almost part with uh, part of the Creator. Well, everything's really, honestly, part of the Creator. But as far as even on a revealed level in Atsilus, which means the world of emanation, it's just an emanation. It's like... Um, <clears throat> The creation does not mask the creator. You know, the, the word for, for world in the holy tongue is oilam, which is the etymological, comes from the etymological root, ayin lam and mem, which means concealment, like the word halam. So a world is a concealment. And each of these worlds compound concealment upon concealment. But the highest world, sort of, sort of a proto-world, because it's hardly a world, it's hardly a concealment. It's called the world of emanation. So in that proto-world, which is... <clears throat> composed of ten spheroids, configuration of ten spheroids. So the infinite invests itself into, through tzimtzumim, through compression and condensation, the infinite invests itself, so to speak, into these vessels, which we call the ten spheroids, and, and specifically the first three of the ten spheroids, meaning the vessels of Chabad. And so there, on that level, you can say that Hashem is united with His wisdom. If you are not following, I'll keep it very simple. There are levels. On the highest level of world building, that's where it starts, and everything on down, where it starts the idea that the infinite can be united with a particular attribute. However, ah, however, not above atzilos. Obviously, if you want to go above worlds, then you wouldn't say that Hashem is synonymous with any of his qualities, because Hashem would be transcendent of any qualities, even the qualities of the spheroids. 
it's written elsewhere, the infinite is ultimately transcendent above any kind of categorization. Way above even God's own wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Until you could even say that which are the highest qualities are from Hashem's perspective equivalent to action which is the lowest, coarsest quality. Like it's written, it's hinted to in the verse you have made them all with wisdom. The verse equates with Asiyah. Chochmah, the highest quality, the most rarefied and abstract quality, with Asiyah, the lowest quality. Okay? So, anyways, we address the fact that we are sourcing the Nefesh Alakis, godly soul, in Hashem's Chochmah, and thereby concluding that the Nefesh Alakis, the godly soul, is synonymous with God Himself. Well, hold on a second. Even Hashem's Chochmah is not synonymous with God Himself, and we're saying, Hold on, it's a machlekes that Ambam and the Maral and the Kabbalists make sense of it. And we're talking about within worlds. Obviously, if you go higher than worlds, even the, the, the most lofty spiritual worlds, then we wouldn't make this statement. But down here, for all practical purposes, it is completely understood to say that if we say that something comes from Hashem's level of Chochmah, it is as good as saying that it comes from the essence of Hashem himself. Even though on higher levels that we're not dealing with, obviously Hashem transcends even his own attribute of wisdom. Understood? More or less? Yeah. Where are we? We just finished the note. Just finished the note. Everyone understands? Well enough? Is it going to keep you up at night? It will? Probably. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. It's a resolution, yes. He made an assertion. The godly soul comes from Hashem's wisdom. That means it's one with God. Why? Because Hashem's wisdom is one with him, like the Rambam says. He and his wisdom are one. Oh, but hold on! That's just an attribute of Hashem, not Hashem himself. We said, relax, the Kabbalists already resolved this. From Atzilas on down, Hashem and His wisdom are one. From Atzilas on up, obviously Hashem transcends even His own attributes. Okay? Okay. All right. Now back to that question that came up in our discussion last week. Remember, we were wondering, if we have just asserted that all Jews have this godly soul, which has this... Uh, this certain quality of being one with God, then how come we see doesn't look like every single Jew has the same degree of that? There are so many different levels, apparent levels of spirituality among Jews. So we have to address that. Yeah? Yeah? We call it DNA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I call it DNA as like a modern uh, metaphor for it, yeah. He calls it the essence. He also uses genetics. He says, Tipas Moya Cha'av, the, the, the drop from, from the brain, which becomes the, the seminal drop. So he also uses, he also uses genetics as the, as the metaphor. 
Obviously, they didn't have the term DNA in the 1790s, but I'm, I'm comfortable using that, that term here. Okay, so let's address why we see different levels of Jews. Yeah, everyone understands what the... Okay, all right. And although we see myriads of different levels of souls, that's the question. How come? Why do we see that? Explain that phenomenon. If you're saying that the godly soul is of a certain quality and that every Jew has this quality, then how come we see such diversity? Further building the question, For instance, when you talk about the historical timeline, you have souls of the patriarchs and Moses, and then you have souls of our generation. And you compare them, and you're like, whoa, that's totally different. That's a totally different level. They were just total different... They were in a different category, different ballpark. You're telling me that me and Meshur Rabbeinu both have a nefesh alakis? Me and the Aves both have a nefesh alakis, but we seem like we're so different if you look from generation to generation. And he, he further says about our generation that our generation is called Shehem Bechinas Akvaya Mamish Lagabi Amayach Vaharesh. We are like the heels of the Jewish history, of the, if the Jewish people throughout history are like one body, then those early generations of great tzaddikim are like the head of the body, and we are like the heels. Also, if you even look in one generation, people who are all alive at the same time, forget about comparing Meish to us. Let's talk about people who are all alive at the same time, in one generation. You have the leaders of the thousands of Jews, big leaders, big machers, who they are, relatively speaking, the head and the brain, compared to the souls of the masses and the uneducated people, the Ami Ha'aretz. And furthermore, there's another factor here when you compare souls to souls. We've been oversimplifying. We're just calling it nefesh, but really there are subsets. There's nefesh, there's ruach, there's neshama. And different Jews have different levels of these call them uh, various manifestations of the soul. So we see, the bottom line is we see a lot of diversity throughout history. We see a lot of diversity even of people who live contemporaneously to each other. What's up with that? How are we supposed to account for that? Mikol Mokim, nevertheless. Here's what you got to know. Shoyrish kol anafeshuch neshama kulam the source of every single soul, whether it's from the very highest level or the very lowest, which is invested in the body of the unlettered or ignorant person or the 
Kalshabakalam, how should we uh, translate that? The, the light-headed people, the people who are not into the serious stuff in life. So every single soul, in its source, whether it came down into the body of some big spiritual leader or whether it came down to the body of someone who is not very into spirituality, they all have the same source. They all come from the same level, which is called or the the supernal brain, meaning Chochma is Hashem's attribute of wisdom, not knowable wisdom, not wisdom in the sense that we mean it, <clears throat> but the source of wisdom, godly wisdom, and it is the highest of the spheroids. And not only is it Chochma, it's Chochma Datsilos, it is the highest of the qualities and, or attributes in the highest of the worlds. That is the source of every single soul, Jewish soul, Nefesh Olekis, second soul of the Jew that we referred to in the beginning of chapter 2, they all come from the same source. Av, like the metaphor that we've already given earlier in the chapter of <coughs> the seminal drop that comes from the brain of the father. If you look at the sun, all of the sun's parts come from the father's seminal drop, both the sun's brain and the sun's toenails. So think of it like that. Think of an organism which is complex and has various different levels and qualities of parts to it, very sophisticated parts like brain cells and very, let's say, low-level parts like toenail cells, and yet brain cells and toenail cells all have the same DNA. They all come from the same genetic code from the same seminal drop of the same father. Continuing the allegory. How this differentiation takes place, a little bit of biology, where babies come from. Al Yaday, through, how does this happen, that there's differentiation between the brain cells and the toenail cells? Through, Shiyasa, Tisha Chadashim, Betna'im, by incubating nine months in the mother's womb. So these souls, they come down level after level, to change, <clears throat> or rather, no, we're still talking about the analogy, not the, the, the analog, that this, this cell, this reproductive cell, develops in the mother, and he calls it descending, because it's, it's, it's going to... I mean, it depends what you call descent in lower levels, but uh, when it starts off as one simple cell and then it becomes differentiated or articulated into different body parts with different cells, so we're calling that a descent after a fashion, at least in this context. So then that baby, that fetus develops that it has brain cells and has toenail cells. The imkolza, but notwithstanding that change that it undergoes. It still remains, the organism, this child still remains 
united in a wondrous way with the essence, with, it, with, its, with its original essence, which is the seminal drop from the Father. And even now, when the Son is born, it is an independent being. His, his own toenails are getting their sustenance from his brain, from his brain. Like it says in the Gemara Nida, the white parts of the of the child, which are the the sinews and the bones and the fingernails, come from the the, the white cell, which is from the father. Or like it says there, that when Adam and Chava had clothing. The Hashem made them an exoskeleton sort of a uh, like shell, like fingernail covering their entire body, which comes from the Mayach Tvuna. Anyways, the point is just it establishes a relationship between the nails, which is considered something very low, and uh, and and the and the brain, which is obviously the loftiest part of the body. You understand what we're saying here? We're saying that you look at the child. And the child has all different parts, and they're of different qualities. But all of these different parts of different qualities originate from one simple origin. The kochamamish so to kaviyachol, so to speak. We say kaviyachol because we're speaking about Hashem, so it's nothing we say really does it justice. But if you allow for the inaccuracies of metaphor. If you talk about the source of every single Jewish soul, irregardless of the way this soul presents itself down here, but the source above of every single Jewish soul, as, as these souls descend through the world, from Atzilas to Bria to Yitzira to Asiya, and again, we quote that verse, but we use it differently this time. That from Chochma comes all the way down to Asiyah. So that's how you get the souls of what we call the unlettered or ignorant masses. They descended further. That's what we're saying. They all originate from the same source. But some descended further away from their source. But if you trace them back, again, to use the metaphor, the toenail traveled further from the original genetic code of the father, so to speak, than the brain. But both the toenail of the child and the brain of the child are both from the same genetic code of the father. So you have Jews who down here, quote-unquote, traveled further from the, <clears throat> from the source, meaning the way that they present down here in this world, in a body, is more of a, more of a descent. But if you trace their origins, and that means even looking at their essence right now, you'll find that it's identical with even that of the loftiest Jew. So, <clears throat> they come down, these souls come down into these low-level people. 
And see, you understand, we're not pretending that everyone's the same. We don't have to do that. We don't have to erase boundaries and pretend we're all the same. Everyone has the same level of spiritual aptitude. We're not pretending everyone's the same. We're acknowledging clearly there are differences. <clears throat> and what we, just like there's a difference between a brain cell and a toenail cell. And we're saying that <laughs> even calls that, that notwithstanding that, they have the same they have the same genetic code, yeah? So, first of all, it's not always a, like a choice to fall further. I feel like it tells so many like Who said it's a choice? Saying like it's you said it's not always a choice, it's never a choice. Sometimes it's a choice. I'm not no. no, 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 no. I'm so glad you said this. 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 This is not a choice. I'm so glad you said this. Everyone, please listen to me. Please listen to me. We are not talking about whether somebody is religious or not. Okay. To the contrary, that can be quite misleading. Because, call me, like the Chazal, like our sages say. Anyone who is greater than his fellow, his evil inclination is greater than his fellow. Okay. So what does that mean? Asa is a good example. You catch a guy on the wrong day, you say he's a low, he's very spiritually low. No, he's spiritually high. Let me explain. I know that we like to take false comfort in the idea that if you're orthodox, then you're of a high spiritual level. Once you learn the time, you realize we're all yeah. the same It ain't so. This jiggling here is making me nuts. No, let me, ex let me explain something. Let me explain something to you. We're talking about capacities and potentials right here. There are people who are very spiritually talented. They may not be from. Maybe he's a Timish but Maybe he didn't grow up religious. Okay? Or maybe he did grow up religious, but he's got such a big Yetzirah that he... He went off. But the point is, he's got spiritual potential. Then you have people, Anashim Pshotim, simple Jews. Simple Jews. He's very frum. He says, tell him all day. But let's be honest. He's not a big Talmud Chacham. He's not a big Davener. He's not a big anything. He's just a nice, simple Jew. When we're talking about levels, we're not talking about how frum somebody is. When we're talking about levels, we're talking about spiritual capacities. Okay, and, and, and some people are using their spiritual capacity to its fullest. Some people are not. Some people are squandering their spiritual capacities. We're talking about spiritual capacities. We're not talking about, not talking about how from somebody is. You can have somebody with enormous spiritual capacities who presently, at this time, currently, is really messing up big, morally. And hopefully they'll do tshuva. They will do tshuva. But that's not a person on a low level, that's a person on a high level who's messing up. Then you get a person who's very religious, but not to sound like snobby, but there's nothing stellar about their spirituality, just simple, just, just a simple Jew. Isn't the ultimate learning how to lead you to be a simple Jew? Right. That's the ultimate goal, no? Right. To become right. a simple Jew. Right. Right. That's a you're, you're, you're confusing What's everybody. There's nothing wrong. We're not judging anybody. I hate the fact that any time you make qualitative statements in a from environment, everybody has to explain how it's not a judgment. I didn't imply it was a judgment, so why are we defending that it's not a judgment? I'm making statements here. There are people that have 
greater spiritual capacities, people with lesser spiritual capacities. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it's, it's not a judgment. It's just a, it's just a fact. Now, the only reason we're even talking about that is because we were curious how that plays into our assertion from the beginning of the chapter that every single Jew has this nefesh eshenis, shebi Yisrael. They have this second soul, which is a chelik elikamimal mamash, a literal part of God above, or part of God above even when it's physically in a body. And you're saying, hold on, then why don't we see every single Jew has the identical spiritual capacity? We said, okay, so we have to address that. How do we account for that? Look, you look at a body, and all the parts of that body, from the brain cell down to the toenail cell, come from the same father. So too, think about the Jewish people in that way. You have people who are like brain cells, people who are like toenail cells. But if you check the genetic code, it's the same in the brain cell as it is in the toenail cell. So if you look at two Jews, one who has a great spiritual capacity, one who has a diminished spiritual capacity, if you check out their essence, if you check out their origins, you'll find that it's identical. So it's just a matter of what you develop. It's not about what you develop, no. It's not about what you develop. This is not about developing, no. Someone who has a lesser spiritual capacity, it doesn't matter what they develop. There's a ceiling. They will not break through. And then that's another thing, let's not even get into because now you're complicating it even more that then there are qualitative differences. Forget about quantitative differences, someone who's superior to another. There are also qualitative differences where it's not superior or inferior, it's just different styles, which you're alluding to. Now, I don't want to get into that because we're confused already. How do you define spiritual capacity? Spiritual capacity, the, the ability to, to discern, to know, to understand godliness, to be sensitive to godly things, requ obviously requires a certain uh, capacity to think abstractly. A person who thinks only concretely is not capable of that. The question is how can, you know, um, Everyone can reach the level of Meishu Rabbeinu. Or like it says in, uh, in Tana de Vilyo, that everybody should say, when am I going to reach the level of the Aves? I think maybe a simple answer is what it says there is, when will my deeds reach the level of the Aves? Mosai Yigyo Maisai. When will my deeds reach the, the Maisai Aves? In other words, when it comes to deeds, when it comes to behaviors... Behaviors are behaviors. Behaviors are objective. But when it comes to internal stuff, like spiritual sensitivity, like understanding stuff, feeling it, come on, be realistic. You're going to feel what Moshe felt. I'm not going to feel what Moshe felt. My deeds can be stellar deeds, which is, by the way, one of the focuses of Tanya, is that we can all pursue behavioral perfection. But you want to talk about internally? My emotional experience, my cognitive experience of God, it's not going to rival my Shurabeno. Okay, let's continue here. (coughs) 
כי יניקס, יסירו אוריאר, כי יניקס וחיוס נפש רוח הנשמה של עמי הארץ. The nurture, יניקה means the nurture or like the, the connection or the pipeline, the hookup for the life of the souls, even of these low-level people, who men nefesh ruch neshama shel ha-tzadikim v'achacham im roshe b'nei Yisrael, sh'bedayram, comes from the spiritual machers of their generation. Interesting concept here. It's saying that although certainly there are different levels of spiritual capacity that different Jews possess, even if you're on that lower tier where you have a lower level capacity, you are hooked into your origin through your connection to those Jews, yeah, the Rebbe, yeah, you don't have to, I didn't say it, through those tzaddikim who were unaffected by their descent into a body. So basically it's saying like this, everyone was affected more or less by their descent into a body, because in, in our origin we're all identical, we're all the same. And some people, that process of embodiment took more of a toll meaning they traveled further. Obviously, we're not talking you know, close and far. I mean, these are all spiritual terms. But there was more of a uh, wear and tear through the, the shipping process, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. And then there are those who entered embodiment and... The supply chain crisis. Now. The supply chain? Ah, that's good. That's good. That's right. <laughs> so there are those who... Yeah, their soul sat in a warehouse somewhere in Bria and got all stale before it ended up. Like they took, you know, this one got, got knocked around in Bria and this one uh, got misrouted in Yitzira. <clears throat> and by the time they come down here, so they don't look so ay ay ay, they're not so impressive. Okay, no problem. But if you track the shipping back to the warehouse, they're all from the same warehouse. Or, you know, it's like... <laughs> They're all from Amazon. Yeah. <coughs> all from China. Don't worry about the flashing thing. Yeah? Correct, correct. That's what we're saying. We all, we're acknowledging that by the time a soul is embodied, there are going to be different levels of capacity. Capacity. The synonymous capacity and input. Well, if somebody is, if the vessel is big, we can get more, but we're only getting a drop. Or is it that somebody gets a drop? It's both. It's both. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then there's another factor, which if we finish the chapter, we'll talk about again, which exacerbates the whole situation. But yes, it, it, it's, it's only going to be able to accomplish so much down here, okay? But if you trace it to its source, it's identical with even the loftiest souls. The source, right? And he explains the mechanics of it, that down here, the souls, even of the lowest members of the Jewish people, receive their, their, their life force through or by way of the tzaddikim of their generation who were unaffected by embodiment. So, are you saying that you have 
ceiling. I mean, a person has a cap unless they attach themselves to inside it, then they can reach over that cap. I didn't say that yet, <laughs> but <laughs> how do you, how, you hear what she said? If you're attached to a tzaddik, you could yeah. supersede your own capacity. Well, here's what I would say. If you, yes, but let me explain. By, by attaching to a tzaddik, you get back your original potency. So it's yours. It's not the tzaddik. It's you, but you are sort of divorced from yourself. But then through the tzaddik, you get back to yourself. So it's not some foreign person, some hero worship. Oh, this tzaddik. No, it's the real me that I'm reattaching to through this relationship. So now he says, And now we can understand the saying of the sages on the Pasek, Al Pasek, Torah says, You should cleave to, attach yourself to, glue yourself to Hashem. And... Uh, our sages ask, how is that done? How do you attach yourself to Hashem? So the sages say, Anyone who cleaves to Talmide Chachomim, it's like he cleaves to the Shechina. Now we understand that saying of the sages much better. What are we saying? We're saying basically, get back to your own godly essence. How? Through the relationship with those whose identity hasn't been diminished through the process of embodiment. But you're reconnecting to your essence. One of my favorite Yechidah stories, there was a Yid from London, Freddie Hager, all of a shalom, and he went into Yechidah, I think he was 23 years old, 3 a.m., he went to the Rebbe, and he said, I was prepared all wrong for Yechidah. I went in thinking I was going to meet a great man, and I left realizing that I had met my true self. That's, that's what this is saying. That his kashras to the tzaddik is not about exalting somebody, that they're so great. Well, first of all, we have any grasp how great a tzaddik is? We have no grasp. The point is that the tzaddik clues you in on how great you are. How great you are in your origin, in your source. So I may be limited in terms of embodiment, but I have a lot more. You know, it's like, how much cash am I, ha am I carrying in my wallet? Okay, but I have more in the bank. Well, what if it's not my bank? What if it's my father's bank? But if I have access, and it's mine, ultimately it's mine, so now I can use it. So this is how we can be greater than ourselves. And that's why a relationship with the tzaddik is always about giving you a shlichus, giving, reminding of your mission and your purpose and empowering you to do something greater than you could have done on your own. Because it's the real you <laughs> that you were estranged from through the process of embodiment. Let's continue here. Through cleaving to the sages, the souls of the low-level people are connected in Yehudis and reunited to their original essence. Catch that. Very important. Not saying you're, you're united to the essence of the tzaddik. No. Through the tzaddik, you're, you're united with your original essence. The shoshom and their own source, which is, namely, 
the level of Chochmah in the world of Atzilus, meaning the highest sphere in the highest world. The highest level <coughs> in world building. And that is the source of the souls, even if we became estranged from our own source, but through the relationship with the Tzaddik, we get back in touch with ourselves. Like we said already, Hashem and His wisdom are one, so when we're reconnecting to our source and Hashem's wisdom, we are reconnecting with Hashem Himself, so to speak. Okay. Because the Tzaddik is close to Hashem's wisdom as it could possibly be, correct? Everyone is. Why are you saying the Tzaddik? We all are. The Chiddush isn't that the Tzaddik is close to Hashem. The Chiddush is that the Tzaddik wasn't wasn't tap into you. The, the Chiddush is that the Tzaddik wasn't affected by embodiment. He wasn't affected by embodiment. So you are going to transcend your own your your own embodiment trauma, you are going to heal your own embodiment trauma through your relationship with the tzaddik. Now, he addresses a question. What about those who rebel against Tamir Chachamim? We just made an assertion that they, that everyone, even the low level, the lowest level, the Amiyaritz, receive their, <coughs> their sustenance through a relationship with the Talmud Chachamim. What about people who actively reject the relationship with the Talmud Chachamim? So he says, They get it from a Bechinus Acharayim. Acharayim means behind the back. Right. Like, here, take it. Do whatever the hell you want. Right? Passive-aggressive. Meaning they won't have a frontal relationship with the tzaddik. They still get their connection through the tzaddik. It's now just they've chosen to get it in a less than warm way. Yeah. What does it mean to have a relationship with the tzaddik? Well, let's go back to what we were speaking about <coughs> in the uh, Hakdama, in the Hakdama Samalakit, in the compiler's forward of this book. We said that the premise of this book, proper usage of this book, is that the Alter Rebbe is a soul scientist, somebody who understands Jews and understands me, and I'm going to trust him to tell me what I can accomplish and how to accomplish it. So that's what it means, a relationship. Relationship means I'm ready to be given guidance on how to maximize my potential and how to be the best me that I can be. That's really the ultimate relationship with the tzaddik. Anything else is maybe superfluous to that. <clears throat> I don't know how else it would manifest itself. I mean, I do know culturally how it manifests itself. But if you're talking, you know, uh, authentic, mystical, not just mystical, mystical and halachic relationships with tzaddikim, it's basically the idea of taking guidance and... Uh, Allowing them to mentor you. That's what it means. So if the tzaddik says it's good for your soul to go to Antarctica, you go. That's what it means. Okay. <clears throat> let's take, we have just a few minutes here, but let's just address, oh, I told you there's another factor that exacerbates things. Okay, so it's not so simple because there is another factor here, and that is something called
called the Nefesh HaSichlis. Uh, okay, so in the whole Tanya, he never really speaks about Nefesh HaSichlis, but there is, a, yeah. Uh, Nefesh HaSichlis is a third soul. Nefesh HaLakis is the godly soul. It just wants to be one with God. Nefesh Bahamis is the animal soul. It wants self-preservation. Nefesh HaSichlis is the philosophical soul or the rational soul. It just wants meaning, wants meaning. And it's open to both souls, and that's why it's a mediator between the two. Over here, he doesn't call it the Nefesh HaSichlis, but his grandson, the altar of his grandson, the Tzamech Tzedek, says this is what he's talking about over here. He's talking about the Nefesh HaSichlis. <clears throat> Nefesh HaSichlis is a filter, it's an interface. Basically, all the spiritual influences that come down to a person in, in embodiment <clears throat> have to go through that interface. All the mitzvahs that he puts out, all of his output goes through that interface. So it has a, a huge amount of influence on a person's spiritual standing. So we're going to address this issue right now by way of answering an unspoken question. Um, it says like this, uh, We know that in Kabbalah it says, in Zayar and Zayar Chodesh, it says that the main influence on a child's spirituality is the intent that the parents have during conception. Not so, meaning they do not do this properly, the, uh, the unlettered masses. Let me spell out what the question is. The question is, you just told me that basically everyone's spirituality has to do with their level of soul, but now you're telling me there's another factor that affects somebody's spirituality, and that is the purity of thoughts that the parents have while they're conceiving the child. So he says, yeah, that's a separate thing. It's a separate issue. He says, The soul, every soul has a lavush, has a garment that comes from the essence of the parents. And this garment, this interface, let's call it, what does it do? He says, All the mitzvahs the person does down here, it all comes out through that garment, that interface. Also, all the spiritual flow that comes down to him from heaven, it goes through that interface. So if the father, it's mostly the father, um, will have the proper intent during conception, the son will get a lofty garment. But that's not the same as describing the soul level. See, there's two factors here. There's the soul level, and there's the garment. Therefore, he says, Even if, let's say, in theory, you have a high-level soul, it's still going to need the father to have a good intent during conception, because that is going to determine what kind of interface the soul has. In other words, and Kabbalah says, Rabbi Akiva was such an example, that's why he couldn't learn for 40 years. But once he did, whoa, you couldn't stop him. He had a lofty soul with a very crass interface that he got from his father, who was an Amoritz. So there are two different factors. There's the soul itself and its capacity, like we spoke about at length earlier in this year. 
And then there's the interface, which we call the nefesh hasichlis, or the lavush, and that is determined by the intent of the parents at the time of conception. However, the soul itself Sometimes a lofty soul, because Hashem is the one who chooses the souls, and it's all sort of like based on some divine algorithm that we don't understand. Sometimes a lofty soul will come down to be born as the son of an Amha'aretz. Now obviously that person, because his father was an Amha'aretz, his father didn't have deep intentions while he was conceiving the child, so the child will get a low-level garment, lavush, interface, nefesh hasichlis, but the soul could still be a very, very lofty soul. Like the Arizal says, if you want to look it up, it's in Lukutei Teira, Parshas Vayero, B'taimi mitzvahs, parshas, or b'taimi mitzvahs, parshas b'reishas, or you can look in taimi mitzvahs, that is out, in parshas b'reishas, there he explains it more at length. So you had a question? I was saying David Amalek was also an example, no? Of, of, of his parents were... David Amalek is also, yeah, an interesting uh, story of his conception, yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone understands the basic idea here? Let's just review really quickly, because we, we talked about some lofty stuff. The assertion of chapter 2 <coughs> is that every Jew has a nefesh elikis, which is a chelik elikami mamish. We asked how it is possible then. Well, let, let, let's review the whole chapter. Every single Jew has a, 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 a second soul, which is called chelik elikami mamish, a portion of God above. We use two metaphors to bring out what that means, the metaphor of breath and the metaphor of uh, the, uh, the, the brain and the genetic code turning into the, the child. And we addressed also the idea of Hashem being equivalent with his own wisdom, and we said, yeah, that's from Atzila Sandown. Then we asked the question, how is it possible for there to be very, various different levels of spiritual status and capacities? We said, well, that is because of the different wear and tear that the souls undergo through the process of embodiment. But there's a, there's a hack, there's a workaround. Find a tzaddik. In other words, find someone who was not affected by the embodiment. They will reintroduce you to you. And what about those who don't want a relationship? Okay, so then they'll have a passive-aggressive relationship. Um, but they still have a relationship. And what about the fact that we know that we do affect our spirit, the, our children's spiritual status by uh, our intent during conception? Yeah, that's not the actual soul level. That's just the interface that the soul has to work through. Okay, that's the whole chapter two. Okay. Everyone solid, steady, yeah. Yeah. good, good closing off place. We're yeah. we have a class next Monday, Hanukkah, first day. Uh, yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it.